0: Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Well, it's our Monday edition of the podcast. Certainly, hope you had a good Christmas a Good Lord's Day yesterday. And uh, we're looking forward to what the Lord's going to do in the week to come as we head into the new year. Of course, when we get to the 3rd of January, it'll be the one-year anniversary of doing this podcast. And So we're thankful for those of you that have listened for the entire year. And I know some have stayed with us the year. Others have come in a little bit later. Some are trying to catch up. We've lost some folks that got either offended or got out of the way. That's all right, too. The Lord knows these things. We're certainly thankful for each one of you that listen. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be heading out again this weekend, heading down to Southern Virginia, the Martinsville, Virginia area. We'll begin a week of meetings there in Martinsville. So if you are interested in that, just give us a call, contact us. We'll be glad to give the information for the church there. And also as we go through this week, as we now between Christmas and New Year's, I realize this is a time when a lot of people are off work, a lot of folks are home. So if you have not invited somebody to listen to the podcast, you think it might be a help to, it might be a spiritual help to more than anything else. Why don't you contact them, let them know about the podcast. As we come up on our one-year anniversary of the podcast, we're asking the Lord to just bless this next year. Uh, Lord willing, we should finish up the Psalms sometime early in the year, and then the Lord gives direction for what new is coming on the podcast. We do want to again mention our First John Project. If you go to andsomeevangelists.com, Uh, We have the First John Project out there available. It's for memorization. It's some tips, tricks, helps, schedules, flashcards, things like that. And it helps you memorize the book of First John in one year. That's two verses a week. And then in June, I believe it also in November, there'll be three verses on one of those weeks. But that's all of this. It's just two verses a week for the most part. And you're able to memorize the book of First John. So we challenge you. And ask you to at least consider that, download the information, see if it's something you'd like to do, find accountability with someone to help you. And we'd like to see folks memorize the book of 1 John this year. We're back in Psalm 119 again today, and we're going to start in verse 25 in in Daleth here. And when you look at this, again, we began to see some of the things we've talked about so often on the podcast, and it's the words that point to prophecy it's the words that have that spirit of prophecy. They speak concerning Jesus Christ. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. That is the person of Jesus Christ. And because these are the testimonies of Jesus Christ, we look at this through the eyes of a prophet. And we see that the prophet begins speaking here in verse 25, when he says, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. Three of the statements there that are made in that verse, we look at oftentimes, we have to reexamine them. Are they messianic? Are they concerning Jesus Christ? The soul, and then the the word quicken, quicken thou me. And then when he says, according to thy word. See, we were once dead in trespasses and sins, but he's quickened us. Those of us that are saved, he's made us alive. He's given us life. We were dead in trespasses and sins. And that's what he's speaking about here. He's speaking about a soul that needs resurrected, a soul that needs to be quickened. His soul cleaveth under the dust. what is that his soul is absolutely bound to that dust attached to that dust nothing between his soul and the dust. it's a uh, the picture there is of course is that that soul goes down and of course that soul also comes up it's been resurrected so it is with you and I. we go down with Christ we're buried with Christ, resurrected with Christ uh, we see that again in verse 40 of Psalm 119, behold, I have longed after thy precepts, quicken me in thy righteousness. Psalm 143 and verse 11 addresses a very similar statement when he says, quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness sake, bring my soul out of trouble. Psalm 143, no doubt, is a messianic psalm. So when he says, bring my soul out of trouble, why is he asking for quickening? Well, the same reason the psalmist is here. His soul's been made an offering for sin. It's Jesus Christ. We see him in the scriptures. So verse 26, I have declared my ways, and thou heardest me, teach me thy statutes. And So again, the legality under the law. Teach me thy statutes, that I might be an obedient son, that I might obey you, that I might follow everything uh, that I need to do. And did he do that? Absolutely. He was obedient even unto the death of the cross. He was an obedient son. Thank God for that. But again, we see the psalmist now is prophesying. He is speaking to this man, Jesus Christ. He is speaking by that spirit of prophecy. He's also speaking by the spirit of Christ in him, signifying the things of Christ. And then verse 27, says, make me to understand the way of thy precepts, so shall I talk of thy wondrous works. Psalm 145, it talks about that, just a couple of verses there in verse 5 and 6, and it says, I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works, and men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. How does he declare his greatness? They shall abundantly utter the memory of the great goodness. And thou shalt sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. So he's going to speak of what the Lord has done. Now, we find out later on in the seventh verse of this section, we find out that, of course, I believe it's speaking of Jesus Christ, but it's his testimony. That's what he speaks of. The wondrous works of God are his testimony. He's speaking of what the Lord has done. And so when he says, make me understand the way of thy precepts, so shall I talk of thy wondrous works. He's testifying what the Lord has done. And then he said, my soul melteth for heaviness. And again, that's one of those key words in the Psalms. And when I started this study, Psalm uh, Psalm chapter 6, the first time I saw my soul in there, And I began to really look at that through the Psalms, and more and more I realized when he talks about his soul, very rarely, if ever, does the psalmist mention his own soul. He is prophesying. He's speaking of Christ. It's not a dogmatic rule, but at the same time, it's a very applicable rule. So when he says, my soul melteth for heaviness, strengthen thou me according unto thy word. So I cross-referenced a couple of places there, and it's something I've used often on the podcast, but I believe because it is in the volume of the book. As you cross-reference this in Job rather 16 and verse 13, His archers compass me round about. He cleaveth my reins asunder and doth not spare. He poureth out my gall upon the ground. Well, that's when his soul cleaveth under the dust. Because, well, he's poured it out. It's been emptied out. It's cleaving it asunder. And so he's poured it out upon the dust. And saw Isaiah rather 53, again, a passage we often use on this podcast, and I'm not shy about using this. Uh, our pastor used this Sunday morning in his message on Jesus Christ, on the body of Jesus Christ, that Holy One of God. In verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath made him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, it shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, when it's the travail of his soul, when it's made an offering for sin, when it's been cleaved asunder. And it is that picture, of course, that burnt offering, that peace offering, that kidney kidneys, the call above the liver, the fat above the kidneys, all that is taken out and is taken to a separate place and it's offered, it's removed from the body and offered separately. That word reigns is literally translated in in some Hebrew circles, and I'm, I'm not an expert in this, but I had an expert tell me this. It literally is translated oftentimes kidneys. It's the internal part. And so he shall see the travail of his soul. Why is his soul travailing? Because it's been offered. He said, it shall be satisfied by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong Because he hath poured out his soul unto death. What did our psalmist say in Psalm 119? My soul melteth for heaviness. What happens when something melts? It can be poured out. What did he pour out in Job 16? His gall was poured out upon the ground. That's the call above the liver. That's the internal portion of that offering. And so he goes on and speaks, I will divide him a portion with the grace to divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. So Isaiah 53 is a key to a lot of the doctrines of the soul of Jesus Christ, because we see in Isaiah 53, his soul's an offering for sin. We see the travail of his soul, and then we see him pouring out his soul unto death. He goes on in verse 29, says, remove from me the way of lying and grant me thy law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. Why? Because God's judgments are always right. God takes equity and God takes godliness and holiness And he lines them up with the law of God and his judgments are always right. That's why a man that has wisdom, Solomon, the wisest of all men had good judgments because he, he judged men according to the word of God. That's where wisdom is missing today. And men say, well, you shouldn't judge people. They misquote, of course, their favorite passage in the Bible that doesn't exist. Thou shalt not judge. But he said to judge righteous judgment. How do you do that? By the word of God. And that's exactly what he's speaking. He's throwing himself to the judgments of God. You and I, when the the great oppressor comes to us, the great tempter comes to us, the accuser of the brethren, Satan comes to us and accuses us, what can we lean on? We lean on the judgments of God because we know that in his son, Jesus Christ, those of us that know of a certain, we've been born of God. In his son, Jesus Christ, he's birthed us into his son. We've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And because of that, we have the confidence to say, I know that I belong to him. I know I'm a child of God. These things are right we are you that you may know that you have eternal life. And how do you do that? Because of God's judgments. He's going to take the word of God and he's going to judge us according to his word. And that's what the psalmist here is clinging to. Thy judgments have I laid before me. Then he says, I have stuck unto thy testimonies. O Lord, put me not to shame. Now, we've waited to get here to use this mention of those testimonies, but Revelation chapter 19 speaks of those testimonies. And in verse 10, he says, I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not. We're in Revelation 19, verse 10. And he said unto me, See that thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus There's a colon there, worship God, colon, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So how can the psalmist here prophesy of Jesus Christ? Because he has the testimony of Christ. And therefore, that holy man of God spake as he's moved by the Holy Ghost. He signified this by the spirit of Christ. But then also the word of God says, The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So, that absolute truth that's in Jesus Christ is that spirit of prophecy. And so, let's read it like this. Let's take out those colons and worship God, although not to delineate from the word of God. We need to worship God. But without those colons, it reads like this And of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so, he tells us that's his testimony. That's the testimony. That's the truth. That's the eyewitness account. That's the written account of Jesus Christ. And it's written in the Psalms. Only God can do that. Only God can give an eyewitness account to the future. Only God can give a testimony of that which is to take place. Only God can give us an absolute, holy judgment, holy word, And by the Spirit of Christ signifying the death that Jesus Christ would die, the sufferings of Jesus Christ, only God could do that in the future. But that's exactly what he's done. And right in the midst of that, inside of those colons, it tells us this. Worship God. And if we could wrap our minds around this passage... And understand that that is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Every man that had that spirit of prophecy, it was the testimony of Christ. He didn't speak of himself. He spoke of another. That's why for prophets, prophecy didn't come true. He wasn't a prophet. You don't fear him. Why? Because he's not speaking by the spirit of Christ. He doesn't have the spirit of prophecy. He doesn't have the testimony of Christ. He knows nothing. But when you know him and have that spirit, And you can testify of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures. And I recently made the statement, I said, I believe that all saved people can testify by that spirit. That is the spirit of prophecy. It's in every believer. Why? Because it's a testimony of Jesus Christ. And in the believer is the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's what John had. People say, well, just because John was a prophet. No, John was a believer. That's what he had. And every child of God has that spirit within them. And they can boldly speak of Jesus Christ. And they can prophesy. Hey, we can prophesy the future. Now that bothers people. They say, oh, you can't prophesy the future. Well, we can. I just prophesied what's going to take place in Revelation 19. I can prophesy out of the Thessalonians. When I say, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. I can prophesy earlier in Thessalonians where he speaks of he that let will let until he be taken out of the way. That's a future event. That is prophecy. It's speaking of Christ. It's the testimony of Jesus Christ. So he says in verse 31 of Psalm 119, I have stuck under thy testimonies, O Lord, put me not to shame. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. So he says, "I'm going to run in the way of thy commandments." That's God's way. That's the commandments of God are God's way. The words of Jesus Christ are God's way. Jesus Christ indeed is the Son of God. We have in the same spirit of faith therefore I believe. Therefore, have I spoken? I pray this has been a help. If we just just in a little bit Messianic Psalms here in the middle of Psalm 119 and tried to magnify the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have a great day. There is a lost soul who's tired of the sinning And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com One seven zero zero six. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow, and remember to look up for your redemption for all night.